Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? I'm so excited because we have an exciting guest with us. Um, He is a pioneer in the biblical health space. He's a chiropractor who specializes in public health research and aromatherapy. He is the author of the international best-selling book, The Healing Power of Essential Oils and The Essential Oils Diet, and has a new book called The Essential Oils apothecary. He and his wife founded naturallivingfamily.com in 2014, which has become the most visited website devoted to biblical health and non-branded essential oil education in the world. I am talking about none other than Dr. Eric Zelensky, affectionately known as Dr. Z. Dr. C, welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. Well, I absolutely love everything that you do. Thank you for having me. There are, very sadly to say, very few people that do what we do. And anyone out there, especially in this day and age where people are reinventing themselves online, we need more Bible health crusaders. I don't know what else to call us, but we need people sharing the message of health and healing in Christ. So thank you for what you've done. Oh, well, thank you for that. Well, I just love your story because it includes Jesus. And I would love if you would share with our listeners just kind of your backstory. You know, what led you here? What got you into the health space and how it involved the Lord? Oh, boy. <laughs> I I want to share just that sigh of relief but praise. And for mm-hmm. people listening right now, I'm talking to people in 2021. If you're listening in 2022 or beyond, I'm sure the ramifications and the waves of the pandemic are still hitting you in the future. If you're overwhelmed, if you're burdened, if you're depressed, if you are beside yourselves with grief and anguish, anxiety, if you've even contemplated taking your life, I've been there. That was my past. That was my history. That was my life before I met Jesus. And also because of that, started a cascade of horrible health conditions like cystic acne, gut concerns, indigestion, chronic pain. I was at a point where I was self-medicating with narcotics. I was an alcoholic and I was smoking just a pack of cigarettes a day just because I didn't care, just because I did not care. And I was 22 years old at the time contemplating how I would take my life. And that's called suicide ideation. I never tried anything physically. I contemplated it mentally and emotionally. And I met a man right around that same time that I was having my own crisis of faith who shared with me something that I've heard many times before about how Jesus died for my sin, how Jesus wanted to give me a new life, a clean slate. I've heard that before, but what I never 
when I never experienced was someone living it out. And I saw that in action. And this man, who now is Papa Enoch to my kids, who's 77 years old today, Enoch, strongest, healthiest, most vibrant person I know today in his 70s. And he shared with me the gospel in a way that I never experienced it because I saw him live it. And part of it was that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit and we have to take care of them. Okay, that kind of makes sense, right? Input, output, right? If you eat junk, you're going to get junk. If you think junk, you're going to get junk in your emotions. Like just, just kind of feel, think about the law of reaping and sowing, right? And so long and the short of it, I had a dramatic conversion, like absolutely at my rock bottom. And in an instant, in an instant, God freed me of depression, anxiety, of, of the addiction I had to everything from pornography to alcohol to narcotics and, and nicotine. I, didn't, I, I even stopped swearing. Like I had a foul mouth, just stopped. And God healed me of the emotional, mental issues that nagged me. But the interesting thing was, and I'm so grateful now, at 41 years old, because I was 23 at the time, he didn't heal me physically of the gut issues, the pain issues, the headaches, and the other things. I had to work out, like the Bible says, my salvation with fear and trembling. And it was then, with Enoch as my guidance and looking online and trying frantically to find anything. And by the way, back in 2003, there were very, very few people relatively that were teaching things like this online. There was Jordan Rubin, you know, the Maker's Diet. Kudos to him, one of the pioneers in what we do, probably the pioneer um, in our modern space. But it was at 23 years old, I started looking at how to heal myself, how to eat well, how to exercise, how to, how to just manage my life because Wonder Bread and Kraft Singles and Bologna wasn't going to cut it anymore. And that, I was on what was known as the SAD, the Standard American Diet. But let me tell you something, y'all. That's changed. That's the SED diet. That's the S-E-E-D. That's the Standard Earth Diet now. It's not just isolated in America. It's a global phenomenon, fast food junk. So long and the short of it is here we are today, and it's been 18 and a half, almost 19 years, that not only am I falling in love with the Lord more and more and more, but I'm all the more sent out on this purpose to help people. And that's really what it is that I do. I, I, I have the most wonderful ministry on the planet that I share health and wellness tips with people that are biblically rooted, and I absolutely just love what God has placed in front of me. Same here. I feel you, brother. It is an honor to be able to do what we do. Um, how did you specifically get into the essential oil space? You know, that was, from a business perspective, that was more of a supply and demand thing. From a personal perspective, that was also a supply and demand thing, meaning I needed a medicine cabinet. Going back to 23 years old, 22, 23, right at that time, medicine failed me. Drugs failed me. Everything didn't, nothing helped. So I was very averse. I was very averse to anything medical. And I was that guy, that person that would just suffer through a headache, suffer through joint pain, suffer through indigestion. I would just suffer and grin and bear it. I wouldn't take anything for anything. I, I had no medicine cabinet. Literally, my medicine cabinet was empty. All it had was Band-Aids in it. So look at your medicine cabinet. 
think of what's in it. Maybe some Pepto-Bismol, maybe some pain relief, maybe some histamine issues. What about melatonin if you need some sleep aids? Whatever your litany of prescriptions you might be taking. That's typically what's in normal person's medicine cabinet. I didn't have anything. So when things started to develop over the course of my life, and the older I got, the more things happened, because that's typically what happens when you get older, aches and pains and indigestion and things like that. I had nothing to go to. And that's really where I found essential oils. Again, supply and demand. The demand was there and, and I found it. And my wife's been using essential oils for years since she's been 14 years old. But admittedly, and I'll confess, I marginalize essential oils as smelly stuff. Really, just my wife, she's beautiful. I mean, if you've seen pictures of my wife online, she was the two thousand and yeah, she was a 2019 Mrs. Georgia pageant queen for crying out loud. And she just looked good and smelled good. I can't be wearing Elang Lang playing beach volleyball with my guy friends. And they're going <laughs> to take my guy card away, all right? So I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But it hit me. I need something to help with this stuff. And that's where the demand came. And professionally, at the same time around, a client of mine, because I was a public health researcher, essentially for hire, I, I, w I was writing public health papers, ghost writing, publishing on journals and all this stuff. One of my clients commissioned me to write a series of public health reports on essential oils. That's kind of interesting, random, never really thought about that in the research. And then I was floored, combing through literally hundreds, hundreds and reading them of clinical trials on how essential oils trigger physiological mechanisms in the body. I was like, what is this stuff? And that's when I started to experiment with them medicinally. Here we are today around eight years later, and they've not only have transformed my life, but professionally I found that they are a wonderful gateway for people to consider natural health. Like going back to my, my sinful days, we could call it before I met Jesus, everything started when my, with my first cigarette when I was 14 years old. Like I didn't start with cocaine, okay? You don't start with a hard drug. You don't start, you know, smoking a crack bite. You start typically with a cigarette and maybe a beer or some sort of liquor, and then you kind of transgress. Or nowadays, it's prescription meds, Vicodin, opioids. Kids are doing all kinds of stuff. But for me in my era, we started with cigarettes. Cigarettes were the gateway drug. Essential oils, I find, are a wonderful gateway natural remedy to get people interested into this way of life and also to help people feel better. Because how easy and cost-effective and affordable it is for anybody, virtually anybody that could afford $10, just $10, you could get a bottle of lavender. And that bottle of lavender can help you relax and sleep at night. That right there, maybe someone listening has just been crying out to God, I can't relax at night. I have too much on my mind. This craziness happening around me is overwhelming me. What do I do? How do I calm my nerves? If you've been asking and seeking God for some help, maybe for some rest, lavender. And once you start on this path, you're like, wow, if this little smelly, beautiful lavender thing can make me relaxed and sleep better, what else can happen? And that's where I find people their mind just opens up to this whole way of life. And this way of life is a life of natural healing. When the Bible talks about the leaves of the trees over the healing of the nations in the book of Revelation, what do you think that is? That's not the fiber in the leaves. I mean, I'm being literal here. You know, that's not, that's not the pigmentation of the leaves. 
It's not the root, you know, what's in the roots, what's in the leaves, what's in the barks, what's in the fruits that make plants medicinal. It's the essential oil. Literally, it's the essential oil because they're rich in antioxidants. They're considered bioactive compounds. They're lipid soluble, which we'll talk a little bit about what that means, but they're they are wonderful healing mechanisms that penetrate into your bloodstream and into your cell. I look at essential oils now like I do medicine because virtually every medicine on the planet has its chemical structure based on what we find in nature. Bear with me here. Susie Chemist, Jim Pharmacist, don't wake up in the middle of the night with a dream, with a vision with, wow, let's combine these hydrogens and carbons and, and nitrogens together and, and come up with a new drug. No, no, no. That's not how it works. How it works is they look at history. For example, let's go to the, let's go to the willow bark, the willow tree. Our ancestors have been using willow for years, centuries, thousands of years for these analgesic, pain-relieving, inflammatory, soothing properties. What did they do? They used to make salves and poultices. Well, what does that mean for us today? Well, there's a chemical in the salicylate family in willow bark. When you chemically extract that, synthetically manufacture it, and put a white shiny coating on it, it's sold as aspirin. Same thing with your antibiotics, your chemo drugs, your blood pressure, your blood sugar medication. All medication is based off of the chemical constituency that they see in plants. The only difference is they chemically extract them, they isolate compounds and chemicals individually, and then they mix and match, and then they have an you know, extremely long shelf life. Wow, this is way, way beyond aromatherapy, like people think of just burning incenses to feel good. When you inhale lavender, there is a chemical cascade that starts through the olfactory system that interacts with your brain and the limbic system, where your mood, your memory, your emotions, your autonomic function is, your breathing rate, your heart rate, this is chemistry. The body knows how to interact with these plants. It's how God designed us. And so when we go through how the Bible refers to the anointing oil in the book of Exodus and Mary and, or, you know, some, you know, when, when Jesus was anointed with pure nard and the fragrance permeated through the entire room and we look at the experiences that our ancestors had with healing herbs, we start to wonder, like, what does that mean for us today? And for me, I'm going to propose to you, and I'll end with this, it could be life-changing. Absolutely. I love that. I think, I always think of when God created, you know, he spoke the word in a creation. I feel like when he created these plants, I mean, his word lives in these plants in creation and i feel like when we choose these you know different plants healing plants whether we're eating them or using them they're extracts of an essential oil um it's like the the oil has an innate wisdom about it and our bodies have an innate wisdom and it's like they go in and it's like having god's healing touch go in and know exactly what to do and i love to think about it that way and um, and also they're just so bioavailable because it, it is our bodies. I always say, I always like to look at our bodies in relation to creation. It's like one of my hashtags in relation to creation, <laughs> our body in relation to creation, because we were all, uh, God created us, all of us to work together with this symbiotic relationship. And I think that, um, these essential oils are really 
a good example of that, how they can go in and target those things that our body needs specifically. You made a good point. Not many people use the word bioavailable. I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, technically speaking, essential oils are secondary metabolites. They're bioactive compounds. Primary metabolites are the nutrients that plants produce that are necessary for life. So think about the foods that you eat and your nutrition label. You have carbs and proteins and fats and vitamins and minerals. If you don't consume those nutrients, you will die. Like those are necessary for life, right? But what about those things that aren't necessary for life? like fiber, antioxidants, bioactive compounds like essential oils. Researchers have proposed, and they're very emphatic, that a diet replete in bioactive compounds will produce, quote, and I give you a direct quote, suboptimal health. But a diet rich in bioactive compounds, which include fiber, you know, polyphenols, carotenoids, antioxidant-rich compounds like essential oils, and you'll get robust health. It's a different way of seeing life. And so essential oils are wonderful, and they're oftentimes forgotten in that you listening right now, you are surrounded by, you ingest, you inhale essential oils all day long, you don't even know it. What do you think flavors your Coca-Cola? What do you think flavors your ice cream and your peppermint mint patties and anything with natural or artificial flavoring? 50% of all of the essential oils on the planet that are manufactured, right? Conceptualize millions and millions and millions of drums of essential oils around the world being manufactured. Half of those are used by the food and flavor industry. Another significant portion are used by the cleaning and textile and building industry. Like what do you think makes your goo gone so effective and your anti-gum whatever kind of cleaners that you use? Well, when you think about all this stuff, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where this gets really practical. What you mentioned is about how God designed plants to be bioavailable and really we are created just the same from the earth. I mean, I, I'm very biblical in a sense that I think how God created Adam and Eve and how he spoke into his existence, the plants and the animals and all creation. We're very similar in our chemical makeup. But you know what isn't similar? Synthetic fragrances, synthetic chemicals. What we have found, and this is proven, proven, these synthetic fragrances that make up your body care, your cleaning products, the synthetic fillers like the parabens and the things that, that, that make things creamy, the chemicals that make things antiviral or antibacterial or antifungal in your sprays and your countertops and your, your window cleaner, this stuff are neurotoxic. These chemicals have been linked to Alzheimer's, dementia, cancer, and a slew of autoimmune conditions, let alone autism, ADHD, allergies, and respiratory issues. So what God did was God gave us the blueprint. What people have done is they're like, well, yeah, but it's messy. It could be expensive. Um, why don't we, it you know, has a shelf life. Like we can't mass produce this stuff. Like we're limited. What can we do? And so that's where science came in really in the mid 40s and changed everything when, with the advent of the antibiotic. And then dial soap came out with this antibacterial thing in the 40s and 50s. Ever since then, we've been on this downward trend 
of health and an upward spiral of chronic disease. Cancer, diabetes, obesity, Alzheimer's, dementia, heart disease. That's why my new book, The Essential Oils Apothecary, covers all of these chronic conditions and diseases. And we give protocols and strategies of how to holistically look at it from a biblical perspective with essential oils being the key because that's my specialty and I think that's something we all should be considering. But the reality is, here's a, tr here's a tip for every single person listening. If you want to thrive in this season, let alone just survive, right? I mean, God help us. What's around us right now? It's just so much fear and panic and, 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 and just obsession with cleanliness and sanitation right now because of the, you know, the pandemic. If you want to thrive in this season, you have to reduce your toxic burden. You have to breathe fresh air. You've got to get out of your box, this house that you're spending 99% of your time in because the air inside is up to 100 times more toxic than outside. You have to get out and breathe the fresh air that includes the essential oil being emitted from the plants and the trees. Well, if you can't spend all day outside, well, bring that inside, diffuse some essential oils. I talk about that. But cleaning products, body care, your poo-poo spray, your plug-ins, all this stuff will either contribute to life abundant life that Jesus talks about, or contribute to death. It's really black or white, and, and I know I'm being literal, and some people get turned off by this. There is no gray. There, these chemicals will either hurt you or help you. They're not neutral. Your body knows how to respond to them, metabolize them, or they don't. It's really that literal. And when you look at it in that sense, like, wow, you know, that makes sense. Every time I go to Walmart... And I walk down the cleaning aisle, I get a kind of headache. Yeah, you know why? Because of the dangerous volatile organic compounds being emitted. That is the most toxic aisle of any store in the world. Target, Walmart, all the big box stores. The cleaning aisle is horrendous. Those chemicals are neurological toxins. Wow, you, you serious? Yes, I'm very serious. I'm very serious. So when we talk about airborne threats in the context of the pandemic, I want to talk about how to look at airborne threats as a whole. Like, what are you breathing all day long? And it's like, wow, this is interesting. So think about the, everything that you're surrounded by. It completely takes us out of context to what God designed us for. Ever since the beginning, ever since the beginning, people spent all of their time outside or breathing fresh air all other time. It wasn't until relatively recently that we actually enclosed ourselves in airproof houses. Think about what we've done. No wonder, no wonder the quality of life is what it is. No wonder disease is on the rise. No wonder people are so sick. And here's the thing. No wonder so many people and the world has been so devastated by the coronavirus. This is the truth. Because half of our nation in America alone is obese? Because half, because a third of the world has fatty liver? Who's ever heard of that? Well, it's a huge thing. Because of the chronic disease and comorbidities that people have, these pre-existing conditions made people more susceptible to getting sick and dying of, the, of COVID. People, vulnerable people. If you're obese, you're vulnerable. If you have heart disease, you're vulnerable. If you have diabetes, fatty liver, you're vulnerable. So that's why this whole context, and by the way, it was really fascinating. I, I praise God for this. It was hard at first, but, you know, I was in quarantine when I wrote this book. Forced quarantine. We're under lockdown. 
that really brings things into perspective. So here I am in lockdown. My whole world, all of our worlds got flipped upside down, right, in 2020. And I'm tasked with this burden at the time of writing this manuscript. I had a deadline. My publisher's like, hey, when's the book coming? I'm like, I'm in lockdown, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so all this happened, but I'll tell you, there was like this epiphany. And, and it was like once I was able to really receive what the download was that God was trying to give me, it was like the book was written in a week. Don't tell anyone I said that. But wow. I haven't said that open. It was like, and actually, by the way, that was prophesied to me. Someone said, I see you. And they didn't know who I was. This was pretty cool. We went to the International House of Prayer. Anyway, I know I get too deep and too in-depth with stuff. I, everyone has their own opinions on things in nature. But someone spoke a word to me in season. It was before the book in 2019. And there's like, I, I don't know if... You know, I don't know what you do for a living, but I see you in front of a typewriter, and next thing you know, pages were flying off the typewriter like uncontrollably, and you and you ended up writing a book that was going to set the captive free, and you're going to help people with addiction and other things, and you're going to bring people closer to Christ. They had no idea who I was, and they had no idea that I was planning on having a whole chapter on depression and substance abuse and addiction in my book. And I was like, boom! When I started, when I when I allow God, just to just flow through me. Really, it was me. I had to let God. By the way, maybe I'm speaking to someone here. God wants to flow through you. Don't be a well, a stale well. Don't be like the Dead Sea. Be like springs of living water. Freely you receive, freely give. And I know it's hard when you're in survival mode. And I was in survival mode forced lockdown, quarantine, having to homeschool four kids. That was a struggle. I wasn't prepared for that one. Not being able to do or think or say the things I wanted. Absolute, complete censorship on Facebook. I got shut down on social media. Like my business was like on the verge of getting like complete. Our ministry was on the verge of getting just like completely censored. It was horrible. It was a horrible, like challenging three months, but it was also the best three months. And, and allowing God finally like, okay, Lord, I surrender. And boom, this Essential Oils Apothecary book was just birthed in that. That's why I kickstart the whole book with this coronavirus discussion. Like, yeah, get out of your house. And that's where this concept of forest bathing came into play and essential oils. And it's like, how awesome is God? So awesome. I have goosebumps from head to toe. <laughs> you're speaking to me. I know you're, you're reaching some of our listeners, but that is, it is speaking to me for sure gosh there's there's so much there but when you were speaking about um you know how we are like locked in this box of our house with this toxic air and how when you go down the aisle you know at a target or walmart and it's just so overpowering but you know what's interesting is that a lot of people don't get that until you get get yourself out of that space you know what i mean if you if you're living with your yankee candles and your um kaboom spray in your house and all of these things you don't even know how it's affecting you until you get rid of that stuff and then when you you're around it you smell it it is you you could just feel that toxicity just overtaking i know when i uh, i take a walk every day um for about an hour and listen to podcasts, one of my favorite things to do. But when I walk by a house and they're doing laundry, and I mean, I'm, you know, quite a distance from the house, but you can smell all the laundry chemicals yep, out yep. of the exhaust. I'm, it's just like, oh, you know, it's so yep. overpowering. But other people don't get that if you're not, if you haven't removed those toxic chemicals from your life. But Dr. Z, people have trouble with this because they don't want to let go of their candles. <laughs> And their and their yummy laundry scent. So, what do you tell them? <laughs> all right, all right. You you hit on a couple things that are really important to mention. Yeah, I mean, this is thank God. 
I mean, it's a miracle we're alive. And the miracle of life is God has given our body adaptability. So here's the problem with what you just shared. This is the litmus test. So if you're listening at this point, I think we got you, you know, unless you're a fast forward kind of person. But if you're, if you've, if you've listened to this point, we've already weeded out the people who already think I'm crazy. Trust me when I say something, this is truth. This is fact. If you can walk down that aisle, if that we were talking about the cleaning aisle, if you can put on your Yankee candle, again, don't sue me Yankee, please. If you work for Yankee, don't report <laughs> me. If you can inhale that and not get a headache, not feel sick or woozy, that is a huge problem that you have dampened your sense of smell to the point where now you are endangered. This is synonymous to a diabetic who cannot feel their limbs and then they get wounded on their feet and develops an infection and then they get gangrene and then their feet get amputated. This is what happens to diabetics, by the way. This is the problem. If you put your hand into a fire, thank God that your sense of touch and pain tell you, get your hand out of the fire. But what happens if you keep your hand in the fire because you're paralyzed or you're numb? Your hand will literally burn off. That's what's happening. You inhaling, your body has adapted over years. Over years, your body has adapted to these artificial fragrances by the grace of God, or you would have gone nuts. Just like right now, do you feel your clothing? Well, now you do because I mentioned it. But your shirt, your pants, your bra, your underwear, your panties, do you feel them? No, because your sense of touch adapts. Otherwise, you'd be crazy. If you felt your pants all day long, you would be going insane. Thankfully, our bodies adapt. I'm like, okay, it's here. Same thing with fragrance. That's the problem. So what you mentioned is very astute, is once you get away from it for a season, you aka detox, what happens? You get your sense of smell back. The fact that you and I have smoke detectors in our homes is a really bad sign that we no longer need our sense of smell. Just think about that. Like, I need something to tell me something's on fire? 500 years ago, no, your nose would tell you. And 1,000 years ago, two, 3,000 years ago, how do you think people found out what it was safe to eat or not? Or this environment is good or not? Or they used their entire, entire body, including their sense of smell. So that is extremely important to recognize. And I want to encourage people, trust me, you will be so nauseous at any synthetic fragrance, you'll know, like, God, what was this thing? It's, it's toxic. So what we do is we flip it on its head. So whether it's a poo-poo spray, whether it's an aerosol, whatever it is, whatever it is, you can make a natural version of it with real essential oils. Now, essential oils aren't the cure-all, but I'll tell you, you will get your money's worth. You will save hundreds of dollars in cleaning products. Remember last year when everyone was freaking out and they rushed the stores? Interesting what they bought. Toilet paper, paper towel, and hand sanitizer and soap, right? Well, we don't really worry about the toilet paper as much. We have a bidet, and the paper towels kind of was a pain in the butt because we like them, but we could use reusable cloth. But you know what? My wife and I, we know how to make soap and hand sanitizer. We didn't worry about that stuff. And by the way, we're not going to buy the junk that people are buying anyway. So it's interesting concept. Like being self-sustaining, it's very empowering. 
That's why we have an organic garden, and that's why we can, and it's why we do things. We, you know, we, we, we are in a position where we know how to take care of ourselves, and I'll tell you something. I think that's, I think that's something. I think that's a strategy. I think that's a skill that God wants all of us to learn more and more and more. And going back to it, my little piece of the pie is teaching people about essential oils because you can make your own body care products. You can make your own. But here's the thing, though. Well, what about other things? Like, what about libido? I mean, erectile dysfunction, that's something a lot of Christians don't talk about, but is very real. What about anxiety? And what, what about, you know, we mentioned COPD and fatty liver. Like, I'm sick. I'm sick, Dr. Z. What do I do? Well, maybe you can consider a way of life that uses essential oils in all of these ways and maybe in your food maybe take them like medicine that's really the message that i'm trying to share with people but i'm so glad you you said what you did and it's a kudos to you same thing with food because how many people and this is so sad because it all goes back to your sense of smell too how many people automatically put salt on their food even before tasting it like you already know your your sense of taste you're right it's which is affected by your sense of smell, has already been dampened to the fact that you need extra salt even before you taste the food. Like, you should not be able to eat McDonald's and not get sick, in a sense, right? We've adapted to that. So once you allow your body to detox, and that word, unfortunately, has been co-opted by a lot of unscrupulous marketers, you need to allow your body to cleanse itself. That's why I love what a lot of churches do. They do their Daniel fast at the beginning of the year, and they uh, they abstain from sweet breads and sweets and bad foods. And a lot of them just go vegetarian, or some do juice fast, whatever. But how wonderful it is is to set a reset button, and that's my challenge to everybody. We need to set the reset button emotionally, mentally, physically, and many people even spiritually. And and we're again. Regardless of when you listen to this, we know that the world will never be what it was two, three years ago. Again, whenever you're listening to this, the coronavirus and the pandemic has forever changed how we live. But you know what? It's been a great reset button for a lot of people. And I would encourage you with that to tap into the season to live your best life now. Because God has gifted us with the remarkable ability to live the abundant life, to heal and to enjoy everything that we have in front of us. We just have to do our part. That's exactly right. Oh, I have so many, so many thoughts and questions <laughs> so, that um, after that. So one is that because I've got some I put out some questions asking my listeners like what, what they would want to know. Um, and but one of them is that I know somebody personally who has lost their sense of uh, smell and taste. Um, after getting the virus and they're about five or six months in and it's really devastating to not be able to taste anything everything tastes off and so um, I've come across some um, suggestions about smell therapy do you what mm -hmm. do you know about that and and using essential oils for smell therapy just thinking about kind of reawakening our senses and um, getting back to um, a, a normal sense of smell and that kind of thing when we take out the toxic products. But what about in this case? Do you have any suggestions or yeah. guidance for anybody with that? Yeah, and anosmia, which is very common with people with Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, I actually cover that in depth in the book. A couple things about anosmia is not to say fake it till you make it, but Use essential oils in faith because essential oils will have a physiological response on the body. 
because we know when you inhale something through the cascade of the power of smell through the olfaction when it when the nerve impulses stimulate your limbic system we know that dopamine and serotonin we know that certain neurotransmitters will be omitted so there is a physiological response that will happen when you use essential oils when you apply them topically because they're transdermal because they can cross the blood-brain barrier because of their chemical nature we know that applying essential oils will again have a physiological response on the body but the thing is there's a huge emotional component in that there's a memory aspect like when you smell like for me lavender is a key anchor for me because I'll never going back to my story with Enoch I'll never forget washing my hands with lavender soap first time in my life I was 22 almost 23 years old non-toxic soap it was it was scented with real lavender and I'll never forget that smell it was like heaven on earth but it was also during that season of my life where God was healing me, restoring me, and I became literally born again like a week later, and I equate lavender to a lot of good, positive, healthy things. When you don't have your sense of smell, you don't have that, unfortunately. So that is the thing that I want to point out, and, and that's very much confirmed by aromatherapist and essential oil experts. So to reignite your sense of smell all I could say, and this is something, it's anecdotal in that I can't prove it in the research, but I've heard of enough people who just, again, fake it till they make it. They just diffuse. And knowing that their body is going to respond in a positive light, they don't do it for the intent to smell. They do it for the intent of doing their body good. And then I have found people that next thing you know, they report back to us and like, wow, you know, I actually can smell a little bit now and they're like can i keep on doing this like yeah it can't hurt you know it's one of those things that can't hurt so i wish there was smell restoration therapy and for those people with covid i can relate because when i recently got covid this year that was the thing that really irked me the most i didn't realize by the way i could live without i could live without tasting you know like when you get that nasally kind of thing or sinus infection and you don't taste your food for a while but you know not being able to smell as a whole that really got me and i and i can appreciate people that are really trying to to look at that yeah and so much of taste is smell you know um you mentioned something earlier which is about the blood brain barrier and i actually had a question on this um from one of my listeners monica and she asked how do essential oils cross the blood brain barrier and why is that beneficial and i don't know that everybody's going to know what that means the blood brain barrier so if you could just explain that and explain the role of essential oils with that yeah yeah so every cell is protected by a phospholipid membrane, basically fat. Fat is very protective. And the brain is protected by what's known as a blood-brain barrier. It's a, it's a highly fatty substance that protects the brain from outside chemicals. And it's very hard. It's very challenging, which is why most um, chemotherapy drugs are highly ineffective when it comes to glioblastoma, neuroblastoma, and other brain drugs. It's just hard to get drugs into the brain because of the protective layer. Essential oils, they're lipid soluble, and which means they, they interact very well with fat. I mean, interesting, essential oils aren't even oil, by the way. Like oil is olive oil, fatty oil, leaves a residue. O- essential oils don't. 
Essential oils are technically volatile organic compounds. Volatile meaning they readily evaporate at room temperature. Organic meaning they're carbon-based compound, meaning there's many chemicals. So you got 150 to 300 different plant chemicals in one little bottle that make up what it is. So the essential oils like frankincense have really reached wonderful fanfare, especially in multi-level marketing companies because of its ability to cross the blood-brain barrier because it's rich in a chemical structure known as a sesquiterpene. I mean, you have to think of this, going back to the volatility, volatile organic compounds. For something to evaporate at room temperature, it has to be very light, okay? When you get frankincense, again, going back to that, when you get frankincense oil, you're, you're looking at something that was steam distilled, and steam is very light. So the volatile organic compounds from the frankincense resin that's extracted from the tree, think maple syrup, think maple extract, think resin, think sap of any kind of tree. You harden that, you steam distill it, and chemicals that are light enough, small enough and light enough to float through the steam distillation process, that's what you're looking at in these oils. It's hard to conceptualize that. It's wonderful science. It's wonderful. This stuff is so light. It's so small in terms of Daltons and, and its its ability to cross the cell membrane, the blood-brain barrier, that now you can oxygenate, you because these are antioxidants, you can bring healing properties into the cell and into the brain. That's why research has shown that using oils like frankincense and others can help with cerebral edema, like brain swelling. Some research suggests that essential oils can help with brain cancer. Wow. And so how do you use it? Well, you inhale them, for sure. Diffusers, you know, aerosols, sprays, you apply them topically, always with dilution. We can talk about always with a carrier oil, always want to dilute. There's a reason why. But And then all, you can also ingest them. Um, I wouldn't ingest an essential oil uh, for brain health specifically uh, because by the time it gets through your gut, all the oils are going to be metabolized. But when you ingest essential oils, you really want to ingest them in a gel capsule or with some food. It's always safe. You never just put a drop in your mouth. I'm so glad you brought this up because I feel like this is one of the most controversial issues when it comes to essential oils is whether or not to ingest them. You mentioned earlier, you know, that's how much of our food has always been flavored. And I, yep. I guess I hadn't really thought of that necessarily, but um, I've always just been kind of hesitant about it. And we also had this question as well from one of our listeners, a different Monica, you know, because of the, the impact it could possibly have on the microbiome. I mean, these are, we need to have some respect for these <laughs> compounds. They are very strong. Um, and so I feel like if you, you could overdo it and really, um, create some imbalance in your in your gut bacteria. So what? Tell us about that. Ha ha. Okay, I'm talking to Christians here. The wisdom of God will blow your mind. There's something known as cell selectivity, and this is the same thing with cancer research and essential oils and gut microbiome research and essential oils. Both sets, cancer and gut, they have found that essential oils will literally target pathogenic cancerous cells and pathogenic bacteria, leaving healthy cells alone, leaving healthy bacteria alone. Wow. This That's goes, amazing. Yeah, it's God. 
It's there's no other explanation other than the research literally calls it cell selectivity. So yes, you can overdo anything. Like people can overhydrate themselves. Like you could drink water to death. I mean, people have done that. It's ridiculous. You could, you know, drink 10 gallons of water. Watch what happens to you today. Don't do it, right? So you could redo any, you can overdo anything. But the reality is if you use essential oils wisely, and there are, there are numerous, numerous, we're talking the standard, like the Merck manual of aromatherapy, which is known as the Essential Oil Safety Guide by Robert Tisserin and Rodney Young. There are numerous journals, there are numerous research studies that, that evaluated human trials, there are numerous aromatherapy schools and books, and the book, the book, all talk about max oral dosing. And so what we're talking about here is no one can argue, even the most staunch aromatherapists and critics, no one can argue that we ingest essential oils, at least on a microdose level in our food. I mean, that's, you, you can't argue that. Like, you can't. But what the argument is, is dosing. So parts per billion, that's the whole concept of chemicals. That's the whole concept of pesticides. That's the whole concept of chemistry and pharmacies. Like, oh, just parts per billion is not going to kill you, right? Okay, I'm not, that's a whole other topic for a whole other day. So we're talking micro, micro doses in your Coca-Cola. And then by that time, it's synthetic anyway. It's not even real essential oils. Yuck. So what I propose is a standard healthy dose. And again, all my recipes in the book come from the aromatherapy manuals, the text, but also the literature. And I'll say, you could go up to six drops in a dose. And we see that in peppermint and SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, for example, or IBS, Crohn's. Researchers take enteric-coated, polymer-coated, which are time-release capsules, because you don't want to ingest something for your gut and have it be digested by your gastrointestinal juices in your stomach, right? I mean, think of it in terms like where the colon is. Where's your gut? Very far down the GI tract. So if you want to get essential oils like peppermint and caraway that have been proven to help with the symptoms of SIBO and IBS and IBD issues, well, you got to have an enterocoated capsule up to three to six drops. Add some olive oil to help as a carrier oil, which helps with absorbability, and that could be a remedy for people. But we typically don't advise more than just up to, you know, three to six drops as a max. Um, there's daily dosing, there's individual dosing, there's cumulative effects. And here's the thing, and this is ding, 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 so important, especially for the people out there that are on pharmaceuticals, essential oils, true, pure, unadulterated essential oils will have a therapeutic effect on your body. They are medicinal, all right? They are medicinal. They will and can interact with drugs. So the big, the big issue is people ingesting these immune-boosting blends. And every multi-level marketing company has them. They're, they're the popular ones. Every non-multi-level marketing company has them. But whatever quote-unquote immune-boosting blend is, they all are, are a combination of or a variation of these oils. Cinnamon bark or cinnamon leaf, clove, eucalyptus, lemon, orange, or rosemary. All of these. The, the problem one is clove because clove is well known to interact with warfarin and other blood thinners to cause internal hemorrhaging. So what does that mean? If you have a blood pressure or if you have a blood thinning problem, if you're on warfarin, don't be ingesting clove. Okay, what else do I do? Well, you can apply topically. 
or inhale it. But see, people don't know that stuff and they don't teach you that online. And the home user has no idea, no idea, because companies aren't going to like, you know, there's nowhere to find this stuff, which is the most frustrating thing. Going back, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Literally because supply and demand. I fell in love with essential oils. I hosted this telesummit with my buddy Josh Axe and Joe Winger from the Prairie Homestead, and many people know DrAxe.com. And I hosted this essential oils summit that was not branded, and 165,000 people attended that in 2015. It was the largest online event ever in the health space and the largest, of course, non-branded event that talked about essential oils. And there were 4,500 comments. I literally read every one of them. Oh, my gosh. And the profound, resounding conclusion and the consensus was these people, for whatever reason, I think God pricked some hearts and said, hey, do this or do that, said, Dr. Z, can you teach us more, this non-branded oil stuff? I don't want to learn about essential oils and have it end with a sales pitch. And I challenge anyone, go anywhere online, anywhere, and you're going to learn about essential oils, and there's always going to be a link to someone's multi-level marketing company or a link to Amazon, or a link to a non-MLM company because they're an affiliate. Everyone online is financially biased. Now, please don't discount. There's nothing wrong with making a buck, but there has to be some independent researcher out there. There was literally no one, no one. And I was like, why? How do you make money selling essential oil information? Well, that was the call of my life. It was crazy. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. So in 2015, I literally went to aromatherapy school. I'm like, let's learn this stuff. Because I'm not, an, I wasn't an, an oil expert. I was just interested in them. I was using, I was interviewing the experts. And my mind was blown in aromatherapy school. I'm like, whoa, every one of these bloggers have no idea what they're talking about. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to say, I got hurt. I burned my skin. I developed acid reflux. I followed Dr. Google's advice. I hurt myself. I'm like, what in the world's wrong with this stuff? This stuff's crazy. I'm not going to use these oils. Well, no, I got to learn how. And so that's really where I'm at where I'm at and to the point where I just want to teach people. So long answer to a short question, but how that goes back to drug interaction. What I did was I really believe God put this on my heart. I, I hired um, a researcher and an aromatic practitioner like this gal is no joke. I hired her to help me put together this chart of all known drug interactions with essential oils. And the problem is there's no simple resource for any of this. You got to go to the metabolic pathway of how drugs are metabolized and then look at the chemical constituency of each of the oils to see if there's any interaction. Oh Mind numbing. Guess yes. what? We put together this chart. It's in the appendix of the book, The Essential Oils Apothecary, that lists in such easy home user kind of language that says, if you're taking this drug, don't use these oils. And it's like, thankfully, finally, nothing like this is done out there. Like, why? People are making, I mean, these companies are multi-billion dollar companies selling these oils and no one has literally any idea what they're doing. Any idea? I get I get so much criticism when people say, well, who are you to say you can ingest? Or who are you to say you can't ingest? Or I could just put oils in my mouth. I've been drinking oils and water for 20 years. Well, yeah. It's like my neighbor who's been smoking a pack of marbles for 80 years who hasn't died of lung cancer yet. It doesn't mean it's good for him. It doesn't mean, just means he hasn't died yet. 
it's just this, I want to teach people how to regain control of their health and be empowered. And the wisdom of God tells me to, like you said, we have to respect these precious concentrated plant-based compounds, just like how I respect food and supplements and air and water. I don't take anything for granted anymore. Anything. Well, like say, okay, so I know people that like to, instead of maybe squirting, you know, a half a lemon into their water, want to put a drop of essential, of the, of a lemon essential oil. I mean, what do you think about something like that? So actually I love soda um, and I'm from Michigan, so we call it pop. And that was one of the hardest things when 2003, I haven't drank a Coca-Cola or a 7-Up in almost 19 years now. So I came up with this recipe. It's basically liquid stevia that helps dilute and somewhat emulsify the essential oil. Put a drop of lime, a drop of lemon in it, mix that up with the liquid stevia, put some um, sparkling water that I make. at the, We have a soda stream, save the bottles, make a lot of, I have on-demand, you know, fizzy water whenever I want. And that's it. Like that's my soda pop. And interesting though, that's safe because at least the essential oil is somewhat emulsified but very much diluted by the liquid stevia. Well, I don't like liquid stevia. Well, try honey. I don't like honey. Well, maple syrup. I don't like that. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to <laughs> choose something, right? Same thing for like my morning latte. I love matcha. Um, I'm near addicted to matcha. I confess. <laughs> I don't do coffee unless it's dark outside and rainy and cold and I like jazz music and coffee shop like this is my thing but um I love my morning latte with almond milk unsweetened with a drop of cinnamon bark and a drop of peppermint but the milk is wonderful because it completely dilutes and emulsifies it I make my matcha latte with that yum that helps with my blood sugar balancing that helps with my energy it just tastes great so to answer your question is yes there are safe ways but here's the thing though I want to remind people, and I know this, let me like maybe educate some people. The lemon, the orange, the neroli, the bergamot, the grapefruit, the orange, the lime, these oils are extracted from the rind. So when you're cutting a lemon and you smell the aroma, you're smelling the volatile organic compound, the essential oil being emitted from the rind, touching your nose, and we're like, oh, that smells nice. So juice is completely different. So, you know, I would still encourage you to have lemon juice because it has a completely different nutritional value to it. And by the way, some people, and I talk about this in the cardiovascular disease chapter, some people are very hesitant about anything grapefruit because grapefruit and heart disease medication, I get that. But there is a chemical in grapefruit that interacts with heart disease medication that could be potentially deadly for people. But grapefruit oil, again, is extracted from the rind. There's no contraindication for that, all right? That's a key. So knowing where the oil comes from. So anyway, if you want to enhance the flavor of your food, wonderful. We love a drop of guac, um, I'm sorry, in my guacamole, we love a drop of lime, a drop of cilantro, yum. Like essential oils, my wife came up with this ratio. If your recipe calls for a teaspoon of essential, or a teaspoon of an herb, a teaspoon of, let's say, a, um, a zest, like orange or whatever, lemon zest for a dessert or whatever it might be, a teaspoon of a spice, you use one to two drops of an essential oil, but start with one. I mean, these things are super strong and potent. You don't want to overpower, over, ugh, especially oregano. Like one drop of oregano in your entire like pot of spaghetti sauce. Trust me, you don't want 20. Oh, <laughs> yuck. So, but the reality is, to your point though, 
Yes, but oils and water don't mix. So what happens? Most people just get a glass of water, put a drop of lemon on it. Well, where do you think the oil goes? It suspends on top. So when you're drinking it, some people burn their lips. They can cause reflux. So my little liquid stevia, honey, maple syrup at least dilutes it. Same thing with baths. Okay, not to get too graphic, but, you know, what is the first thing next to your feet that typically touches the bath water, right? Your bottom. Mm -hmm. If you're undiluting essential oils or just put them neat in the bath water, what do you think is going to touch the oils? You could burn your private parts. Burn your booty. Right, right. So what do we do? We have a wonderful detox bath. I call it our spa day recipe. It's in the book. And we tell people, okay, you need an oil like olive oil. Get a half a cup of olive oil, put a couple drops of lemon and lavender, get some apple cider vinegar, which is a wonderful exfoliant, get some Epsom salts, mix that up first, and then put that in the bath water. Um, by the way, pro tip, never, ever, ever use coconut oil and spit it in the sink or use it in your bath because coconut oil will harden and your pipes can clog. And we actually had a friend, and I'll name it, it was Enoch, our friend Enoch, who was a coconut and is a coconut oil junkie for everything healthy, and he had to dredge out literally 100 feet of pipe under his house oh. because it clogged. Let's learn from Enoch's innocent <laughs> mistake. Love Enoch. Listen, <laughs> brother, if you're listening, we share the story. We just don't mention your name normally, but we love you. So anyway, yes, um, all little all little tips. Like this is a way of life. And, and, and man, we've talked about so many different things in this. How do you not get overwhelmed? Is you start right. with the low-hanging fruit. My father in law has an orchard he lives in the city of midland michigan he lives in a cul-de-sac in the city in the city he has 40 fruit trees he's just a master he's an agri-scientist his my mother-in-law is a master gardener their house is like a healthy version of willy wonka land like everything is edible it's everywhere and i pick cherries every time we visit in summer and when you're picking cherries, because we typically are the way that we are, we typically pick the cherries that we don't have to like climb 20 feet up a ladder first. It's called the low-hanging fruit. I'm standing on the ground picking cherries. Once I pick those cherries, I get a little step stool, just a step stool. I don't want the six foot or 10 foot yet because that's a pain in the butt to move. I get the little baby step stool. Now I go up another notch. And after I pick those cherries for a couple days, me and the kids, we got this cool little system where we put some boards on top of my Yukon and now we're up like seven, eight feet, right? So focus on the low hanging fruit. What's easy for you? What's cost effective for you? And the best, best tip I could give you with everything, especially listening to this podcast, what are your pain points? What's going to move you? What are your issues that you want resolved? And if you don't, consider having like a Bible health journal. And how do you start? Start today. List all those little nagging chronic little symptoms that have been bothering you over the years. List them. Treat yourself like a doctor treats you. Do a health history. Start, whether it's sleep, libido, you know, aggression, anger, frustration, depression, whatever. Joint pain. I don't know. It could be cancer. I don't know. But think about all the things that you really, really, really want to fix in your life. And give them a number. Rank it. This is what doctors are taught. Zero meaning not an issue at all. Ten meaning this is the worst possible I can imagine it. If you get debilitating headaches and migraines every day, that's a 10. List them. You'd be surprised, by the way, 
at what really bothers you by doing that. And then look at it, okay, what do I want to tackle first? And I would suggest you tackle some simple symptoms like pain, sleep, libido, you know, you know, indigestion, simple stuff. Don't, don't tackle autoimmunity, right? Tackle the simple right. stuff. You want quick wins. You want to feel good. I want you to feel addicted, or I should say, I want you to be addicted to feeling good instead of addicted to feeling bad. I want you to know what it is to sleep at night. I want your love life to return so you enjoy that connection with your spouse. I want you to not loathe yourself every time you look into the mirror and you feel good. Like this is our ministry to help people enjoy the abundant life that Jesus talks about in John 10.10. 10. Yes. Start with the low-hanging fruit. Stress, anxiety, depression, substance abuse. This is kind of low-hanging fruit. This is easy stuff. Pain, joint issues, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue. Like this is kind of the easy stuff to fix. The hard stuff, we're talking fatty liver, Parkinson's, epilepsy, Alzheimer's. Like this is the stuff we cover all this stuff in the book. So focus on low-hanging fruit, get some symptoms, feel better, and every month or two, monitor your progress. You'd be surprised to see your progress. Two, three months down the line, your number 10 in migraines turn out to be a number two. Now here's the danger, by the way. This is the danger, and this is our human nature. We gotta, we gotta really submit us to Christ. This is the nature that needs to be crucified. What happens is oftentimes we get lazy, and the things that we did to get ourselves to doing better, we forget because we're not in pain anymore. Ooh, you might want to rewind on that one, right? So if you're doing something that causes migraines, it could be your nutrition, it could be certain medications you're on, it could be the synthetic fragrances. Once you start to figure this out and start to feel better, and now you don't have migraines anymore, you forget about what brought you to this place of pain. And some people have a tendency, like the Bible says, a dog returns to its vomit. You go back to that stuff. That's why so many people are on the yo-yo effect with dieting. So what I'm proposing to you is a way of life. I don't not drink Coke and go smoke or eat fast food because I'm trying to lose weight. I am convicted that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and it is my duty. It is my moral obligation to God Almighty to take care of my body. It's literally the only thing that I have. It's the only thing that I was given when I was birthed. Nothing else did I, do I have. And the interesting thing is I'm not even going to take this to heaven with me. I'm going to have a new body. Think about that. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. I have to take care of this earth suit. And the more I do it, the more I honor God, the more that God honors me and my choices. So I look at someone like Enoch, going back to him, 78 years old, healthiest person that I know still, who can bench press 250 pounds and run circle around my kids. Well, I believe. I believe that that's our legacy. I believe that we can have robust, enjoying mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. Seek first the kingdom of God the Bible says, and all these things will come. And there's a scripture verse in the book of Psalms that talks about we delight ourselves in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. I'll guarantee you something. I will absolutely guarantee you this is fact. You, right now, go worship. Choose a worship song. Go on YouTube, whatever it might be. Listen to worship and praise God. Just sing out loud and love him and serve him. I guarantee you one thing. Right afterwards, you are not going to desire a cigarette or a beer or something unhealthy. I guarantee it. You don't have those desires. Your heart's full. 
we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives us the desires of a heart. The more I worship God, delight in him, the less I desire of the world. Whether it's music, whether it's food, whether it's anything. You won't even want sugar anymore. I can't handle sugar. It makes me sick. If I ever were to eat at a restaurant, and I ask them always, but if someone sneaks in something, I'll always get sick. Yuck. I'll get headaches. My mouth will get, my tongue will get fuzzy. I'll get indigestion. I'll get horrible gas for days. My body rejects that. I'm not at all tempted, ever, ever. But you know what the cool thing is? Because of how we lived our life, we have our versions of everything. So we don't live on rice cakes and kale. My wife makes the pizzas and the cookies when appropriate and healthy things, all good things in moderation, right? Anyway, yes. I don't want to go preaching on food, but don't believe the lie from the pit of hell. All things from moderate, all things in moderation is a lie from the pit of hell. And being an, a recovering, I don't want to say recovering, being a healed addict, I don't go back to a little cocaine. I don't go back to a little adultery. I don't go back to a little pornography. Oh, all things in moderation, right? No, no, no. I don't go back to a little sugar. I don't go back to a little soda. I don't go back to a little fast food. Wow, that sounds extreme. Well, think of it. All good things in moderation. So we have converted our life. So our kids have never had a normal cookie, a normal piece of cake, a normal fast food, ever. We have our healthier versions of that that are naturally sweetened, that have good grains in them, that are good ingredients. So this way of life I'm proposing to you is dramatic. It's awesome. It takes years to develop. And I'll encourage you to go one step at a time. And to me, nothing easier than putting a couple drops of lavender in your diffuser at night to sleep better. Boom. Start with there. And then enjoy. You know, go through all these podcast episodes that you've done over the years and pick up my book if you want to learn more about oils just dive deep find people that you can follow find people that you could trust and I encourage you to find people of faith really not only to support like the bible says give preference to the household of faith but but we're of a similar spirit we're of the same spirit and you don't want to be misled and a lot of people get misled on some really questionable things that they do with health and you know, we need a safe place. Amen to that. Oh my gosh, I could talk to you all day. You're going to have to come back because we have, have more questions, but I want to respect your time. <laughs> so you just have to promise to come back. Um, but I do want to encourage everybody to pick up your book. You have so many good recipes in there. Well, first, it's like a health book because you go over so many different chronic diseases and explain things and have such good recipes in there like I want to try the citrus mint cocoa bites mm -hmm. if you know if you have a um, cravings I want to try the citrus soda pop um, so many good things in there um, the essential oils apothecary so pick that up for sure but before you go I have to ask you the two questions I always ask all my guests the anchor questions and the first is and this is good because you were just talking about food what is something you would consider an anchor meal maybe for you or your family and that's just something a healthy meal like a go-to healthy meal you y'all eat it often um, you always have the ingredients around can throw it together what is that for you hmm I love that. Um, <laughs> I love that. I One thing my wife and I have really been anchoring l lately are really fun, robust kind of salads with all kinds of different stuff in it. We, we are not afraid of food mixing, and we do well with it. So fruits and veggies and all kinds of different stuff with – here's a little, little trip or a little tip. 
we like to caramelize maple syrup with some pecans and and um, um, cashews. Mm. And yum. So you get some coconut oil and you, you lightly heat up those pecans and cashews and then you pour some maple, like good, real, legit maple syrup on it and you let that just, you stir it frequently, you let that crystallize. Oh, that with a nice um, um, balsamic vinegar reduction, like that, that's been our jam and it's wonderful. It's always, always just filling because of the nuts and we like to add some like hemp seeds on top and just whatever veggies and fruits we have, really good. That sounds delicious. So good. And how about an anchor verse? We talked about a lot of different scripture today, which I, I love that, infusing um, these episodes with scripture. But is there a particular verse you're really leaning into these days? You know, in the context of everything we talked about, it's been my life verse. It's my ministry verse. It's John 10, 10. Is a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I came to give you life and have it to the full give you abundant life some versions of the bible say and as i've grown in christ these last 18 and a half almost 19 years that verse means more to me in different elements different layers the thief comes to steal kill and destroy look at your life right now and i mourn with people that things are being stolen from them right now whether it's their jobs you know, businesses, their marriages, their health, friends, uh, their peace of mind. You know, I mourn with people that are even grieving the loss. Something is is dead in their lives. A loved one, again, a dream, a vision. Destroyed. How many things are being destroyed? Just know that regardless of what the enemy has meant, God intends all for good. And here's the cool thing from the book of Romans. He will turn all things for good. For those who, here's the key though, who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Well, how do we love God? It's really simple. We obey him. That is just God is love. And how do we show our love to God? We obey him. We follow his ways. And we love him and others. It's a wonderful life. Mm, so good. Is there anything else that you, that you feel like we didn't cover that you wanted to share um, before we go? The hardest thing in the world is to have a first type of conversation on a show like this about a topic like essential oils. So and you did a great, it is, it's just like, you got to choose. Like we literally could have a whole show on each of the chapters of my book. Yes. And I appreciate this. It's just like a sampler platter. I hope people are inspired and encouraged just to know that you have everything, everything that you need to live the abundant life in Christ. And if any of this has been inspiring to you if you want to dive deeper into using essential oils into this holistic lifestyle that we propose we have all kinds of different things not just oils in the book like how to really live an abundant life then go to eoapothecary.com pick up a copy of the book again eoapothecary.com and my wife and i recorded roughly about six hours worth of masterclass type videos to show you how to make 17 of the recipes in the book and we go in depth. Like, there's only so much I could say in a book. Like, w the binding was about the bust. I mean, because we have 50 <laughs> pages of references. So we're going to show you. We're going to talk. We're going to spend some time in my kitchen with my with my wife, Mama Z, I call her. 
and we have recipes and PDFs, like recipe cards, a lot of different downloads just to help you. That that chart, that drug interaction chart, all of it in a beautiful printable PDF download. We just want to give you a gift to say, look, thank you for picking up the book. Thank you for supporting us. Now let's help you take this to the next level. So eoapothecary.com. Perfect. I thank you so much for being here. Before we got on, I was kind of nervous. I rolled on some stress uh, relief essential oils, some little calming <laughs> before I talk to you uh, in celebration here of what we're doing. But I'm I'm just really grateful um, that you were a guest today. And I know God uh, just connects us, you know, to people that we're supposed to meet. And um, And I just know that you're a brother in Christ. And I thank you for all that you do. Yeah, thank you, and you're welcome. And, I mean, just keep on keeping on, everyone. We are in this together, and let the love of Jesus shine through all of us. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week. Oh, 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 oh,